Welcome to Love in the Love Boat, a fond and funny look back on the world's greatest cruise ship-based television show. I'm Ishvan, singer, songwriter, and TV fanatic. And I'm Michelle, pop culture enthusiast. Join us as we relive episodes of one of the most watched TV series of all time. Occasionally deviating to pop culture charts unknown. So come aboard. We're expecting you for another edition of Loving the the Love Boat. Michelle. Howdy. Oh my gosh. You know what? I was going to start something else with a large H. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Michelle's birthday weekend. She is, much like her grandmother, 29 years old (laughs) forever. (laughs) But happy birthday. Thank you. Michelle, this episode, good old-fashioned, regular-timed episode. Yes. I like that about it. Just kind of an okay episode, right? Yeah, it was okay. Didn't make me angry, but it didn't make me overjoyed. It was cute. Yeah, just like a decent, solid Mm -hmm. little episode. Okay, now with that, because we need to get into your birthday celebration, (laughs) we need to speed this one along. Should I just get into the titles, or do you have anything else to offer right now? I do not. Let's go. All right, here we go. Welcome, you guys. We are on episode 45, according to our notes. And today, we have Funny Valentine, written by Fred Grandy and Bernie Coppell. Secondly, we have The Wallflower, written by Ben Jolson and Art Bear. And finally, we have A Home is Not a Home, written by John V. Hanrahan and Tom DeGenis. Okay. Yeah, new names. I don't know who those people are. I don't think we've had those two before. But again, I'm going to say it's quite fascinating to me that obviously we didn't realize it as kids that Fred Grandy and Bertie Capel were writing so many episodes. Yeah, I never would have paid attention to that. I really would love to pick their brains and to see how that was, how that came about. Well, text them. Text them. And say, hey, it's my birthday. <laughs> I'll write them a letter. Yeah. Could you? Oh, yeah. And you'll get like maybe like a headshot back. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, could you tell us all who we have as our guests on this episode? Sure. First up, we have Warren Berlinger as Francis Dunkmuller. Right. <laughs> That's just a weird name, last name. But I mean, you've seen him around in things when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Tons of things. He's most, one of those character actors that, yeah, you're definitely immediately familiar. Most notably in Cannonball Run. Oh, was he really? Yes. It, his what? I love Cannonball Run. What? I, I don't it remember. Just, uh, I forgot the character name. Shake something. Shakes. Oh, wow. No, I don't remember him in that. I don't think he was like a main, main character, but maybe somebody they came across. Hmm. But here's my fun fact that I didn't know. Lay it on me. The nephew of Milton Berle. Wow. Because Milton Berle's really last, real last name is Berlinger. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Another nephew or grandson of somebody. Another yeah. Nepo baby. Then we have Eleanor Donahue as Rowena. I love Eleanor Donahue. Me too. I mean, best known as Andy Griffith's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. She's, she's always like a sweet, good actress. Yeah, I like her a lot. And then we have Patty Freeman as Sylvia. She uh, played Gopher's Neighbor. See, my, on the show, it says Patty Dworkin, I believe. Um, so there's a lot of confusion because you were under the impression that who was on this one? The Internet Movie Database that I seemed to be screwed up because it had Dee Dee Khan listed, and I don't recall seeing her at all in this episode. And then they had the episode switched from what Paramount had. Yeah, I don't know. I just go on Paramount Plus, and, and I have Patty Dworkin as Sylvia Carblanca. So who knows? We, we got it covered either way. But she may have had a two different names because then I think after she acted for a little bit and then she went on to be a very really successful publicist. Hmm. So then we have Samantha Egger mm-hmm. as Mary Louise Murphy. Yes. I just remember her from just maybe some movies and stuff, but she did. I thought she did a good 
as the, the fortune teller. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Then we have the famous Arthur Godfrey as Ned Dunkbuehler. Who the hell is Arthur Godfrey? That name is so famous, but it's like, why am I not knowing right away who this dude is? He was just like a famous all-around kind of guy from the 40s and the 50s. Actually, he had his own TV show in the 40s and the 50s, the Arthur Godfrey TV show. Uh-huh. He just was one of those old-timey No, the name is like, you heard the name all the time. You know, I, mean, I thought he was like a radio personality Yeah, or that too. Like that. He was. You're right. He was all those things. Okay. And then as I started off the show with my howdy, we have the- The one. nightmare of my childhood. I love Minnie Pearl. Oh, God. I <laughs> I had to watch Yeehaw. Hee-haw. I loved Hee-haw. Oh, my gosh. I did not. Except for Buck Owens and uh, what's his name? What's Roy the other Clark. dude? Yeah, Roy, Roy Clark. Clark. I like those two guys. Those guys shred on their instruments. It's the only <laughs> time that I would get into it. My father loved Hee-haw. But it was, it was talented people on that show. Hey, Johnny, is your marriage a happy one? Yep, we've been married several years and we've never had a fight in our house. Hey, that's wonderful. Yeah, we always go out in the yard. I don't know. I liked Hee Haw and I liked Minnie Pearl and I liked her tag on her hat and I liked everything. Yeah, Minnie Pearl's likable though. Um, She also had her own TV show back in the day. Everyone had their own TV show back in the day. But not only that, she also had her own restaurant chains. That's South. not true. Yes, she did in the 60s and the 70s. Minnie Pearl's roast beef and Minnie Pearl's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken I get like Kenny Rogers Roasters, oh but not. <laughs> Minnie Pearl's roast beef is pretty interesting. And then I have your favorite, Zane Lasky as Monroe Monday. Guys, this dude, I, I told Michelle today, I've named him uh, the composite creeper because he, to me, looked like... What did I say? Like the genetic remains of an experiment of every single dark haired character guy that we've had on the show. I said Rhoda's husband, the uh, pipe smoking employee that was hiding under the banisters, um, (laughs) Fred Travelina. It's like you take all those guys, you know, put them together and you get this 20 pound. uh, Zane Lasky. Yeah. (laughs) He's most noted, though, from the Tony Randall show, who also had a show. Oh, my God. We have to start bringing that back. What? Celebrity TV shows, variety shows. Yeah, may as well. All right, should we kick it? Let's get it going. Michelle, do you think we will be as old as Minnie Pearl and Arthur Godfrey when we do finally go on to our first cruise? It's, it's really looking that way. Or are they our age right now? Like <laughs> they also, It's also looking that way. <laughs> Because those two are, are they newlyweds? Did they just get married or are they They're planning to elope on this trip and get out of their sunny days. Oh, that's right. They've escaped (laughs) the nursing home. The old people's home. Right. They've escaped the nursing home. He has cashed in his life insurance, right? He sure has. All right. So these two are um, about to get hitched. And make a new life, I believe, in Mexico, as they say. Yes. And uh, and they're happy as can be. And these guys uh, enter the ship just all smiles. What better way to elope? Have I told you lately that you're wonderful and handsome and exciting and sexy? You forgot well groomed. Oh, man, I love you. But then, like, immediately on their heels, which is the entire story. What storyline is this? Funny Valentine, the wallflower, a home is not a home? A home is not a home. Is that what it is? Because they don't want to live in the nursing home. Oh, all right. I'm dumb. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But they're they're, uh, 
tight-laced menacing meddling children meddling yes their children (laughs) are like hot on their heels because they think that they are making a mistake and they want to stop them and they want to shove them right back in the nursing home Mm -hmm. my mother was perfectly content in sunnydale retirement villa until that father of yours conned her into running off with him it was her idea she even finagled him into cashing in his life insurance look let's just get them off the ship before they harm themselves further well for once we agree on something Michelle, Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing about this episode to me, our next star that comes onto the show, her name is Sylvia. Correct. I love that name, Sylvia. Okay, well, hang on. What is her relationship to Gopher? She's his neighbor. When I was a little boy, our neighbor was named Sylvia. And she was a little teeny tiny lady. And she lived in a little tiny unfinished basement apartment next door to us. (laughs) She was kind of strange. She was very sweet. So I found that odd that my neighbor was also named Sylvia. But yeah, Gopher's Gopher's neighbor, who is very sweet, a little bit weird too, right? Right. Um, She shows up on board, much to his surprise, and kind of is expecting him to maybe chaperone her around. Gopher! Sylvia! What are you doing here? Well, you're always talking about how much fun these cruises are, how they're the best vacation a single girl can take. So I saved all year, and I decided I'd let you show me yourself. I'm all yours. Oh, welcome. Doc, Doc, say hi to my next-door neighbor, Sylvia. Say hi to Doc. Hi, how do you like it so far? Oh, it's wonderful. Everything's so romantic. Hey, romance is our middle name. You can be married by Acapulco. When do we get to Acapulco? <laughs> But I like her a lot. She's, I did. I she's like very her sweet. She's so um, different. You know, you notice her right away. And I think she's perfectly cast as sort of like the sweet, sort of shyish character. Absolutely. But you know who isn't shy, Michelle? Well, let me just say, I was like, not another episode with giant luggage coming on. And I'm <laughs> like, who's going to be this rich lady? And much to my surprise, who pops out of one of the trunks? Julie's weird friend who happens to be sort of like a palm reader. Yes, Mary Louise Murphy. Murph. I liked her, though. Yeah, she was great. She was wild. I couldn't stop watching as she, like, made a gigantic entrance because she shoved herself into one of the trunks. (laughs) That's so crazy. For how long? I don't know how long she was in there. Like, you just brought an empty trunk just to make an entrance. That's commitment. And <laughs> she comes flying out and uh, immediately kind of confronts the captain. What, uh, what's all this? Exclusive property of Madame Maria, internationally known fortune teller and palm reader. Continued on next trunk. <laughs> By appointment only, inquire within. <laughs>
course, if you'd like me to audition, I could uh, read your palm right now. No, 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 thank you. I'm sure your talents will appeal to all of our younger passengers. Oh, come now, Meryl. Everybody has a romantic future. Did you hear that? I'm afraid my romantic future is all behind me. Murph is really making herself at home on the ship as soon as she gets on there. I think Murph makes herself comfortable anywhere she goes. It's kind of her thing. Yeah, she's like the party girl. Well, she's like a cosmic hippie, like, you know, just sort of like... Free spirit. Yeah, that's it. Free spirit's a perfect way to describe it. I wish they would have said how Julie knew her from the past. Maybe Julie had her palms read by her. Oh, could be, could be. But um, the captain is kind of not digging it initially. Mm-mm. He's kind of grumpy. He is very skeptical. Mm-hmm. And he wanders by, you know, because he's very concerned about, you know, the welfare of his passengers, the entertainment. And we start to see the beginning of something special. Oh, you're bored. Oh, no, no, leave it off, leave it off. Oh, phrenology is one of my sidelines. What? Oh, you know, reading the bumps on people's skulls. Oh, look, would you please stop that? Oh, I get so carried away when I see a great-looking skull. Great? Great-looking? You should never wear a hat. <laughs> such an attractive smile, too. Yes, um, well, uh, carry on. Aye, aye, gorgeous. <laughs> Now, Michelle, we know you like the captain. Did you? Is his skull one of the things that you enjoy? <laughs> I never really closely looked at his skull, but for a bald gentleman, I think he looks just just right. Just you fine. and Murph would be duking it out. I think <laughs> you guys would be fighting in the Lido I'm not, deck. I'm not as glamorous as Murph, so <sighs> I don't think it would work out. But I thought it was she was a good match for him. <laughs> and you would push her like into the pool. <laughs> Maybe I would. Speaking of. We got an email from a listener. I don't know if it's one-third of the Beastie Boys, but someone named Mike D (laughs) contacted us, and he made a very astute observation, one that I I salute him. I give him the captain salute because it's audio-oriented, and I always notice things that are audio-oriented, and this never dawned on me. Let me read the email to you guys. Uh, I'll give you the most important highlights. Mike writes, Please add to your things to try to notice an addition to the candle holder. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) Whenever they film near the pool, there's always a cannonball splash, splash in all caps sound. Even though no one is ever diving or jumping into the three foot deep pool. (laughs) And he even specifically points out episode 170, Prisoner of Love, Youth Takes a Holiday. The sound effects guy must have hit the cannonball splash sound effect five times in a row while the pool water was smooth as ice. (laughs) I know this episode is down the road in later season, but keep an ear out for the splash. Mike, we salute you. We wish we had some sort of swag we could send to you. We do not have any. Uh, but we might implement the cannonball splash going forward uh, to accent things. And uh, you will get full credit for that. So thank you, Mike. Thank you. And I'm definitely going to keep my eyes open. And ears. Any, and ears open, yes, for any pool scene. 
<laughs> for a cannonball splash. You know what? That's right up my alley. You and I super appreciate your observation. Me too. And you know what? Honestly, <laughs> it's like I didn't pay attention in this episode. I was so like busy kind of getting notes and getting the clips and stuff that I didn't pay attention. But next episode, I definitely will. Definitely. So really good observation, Mike. And thank you for writing in. Now we've established that Gopher's neighbor, Sylvia, she's very sweet. She's very shy. And Gopher's kind of bummed because it's like cramping his style that he's going to have to like look after her on this cruise. After that, they all get gussied up for dinner. And Gopher decides to sort of, I don't know if he's making a mistake or if he's being just a good guy, but he decides to sort of like inspire her Mm -hmm. by leaving her a little something at her table. Look what I got. Oh, hey, how about that? Does every girl on the ship get roses? No. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm not going to have to worry about you this trip. Or will I? this you have a secret admirer not bad and it's only the first night i love roses i wish i knew who sent them well maybe he's shot yeah uh, maybe i better get back to my table in case he's looking for me go for it did you well i thought it might get her more into circulation you're too much you really are incredible <laughs> and you're a wonderful judge of character to your point, it was a nice gesture, but perhaps a little dangerous of a gesture because it's giving her some false hopes. Yeah, I don't know if it was the right idea. I think he was just kind of rushing into something, mm-hmm. and um, maybe it wasn't. And meanwhile, all this time, Monroe is just lurking. Creepy composite. <laughs> it was weird because he would always be standing right by her or right in front of her. You know, ultimately, I can't tell if this is a good thing or a bad thing that this guy is the one who takes interest in her because he is stalkery. He has stalker qualities. Well, I guess, too, maybe he's kind of shy, so he can't make oh, he's a very shy. to talk to her. But then he's just staring at her. It, it, it was weird. The only <laughs> thing that makes me feel better is like when he completely snaps in some sort of psychotic way. He weighs four pounds, so she should easily be able to just like, you know, disarm him, <laughs> beat true. him up in a fight easily, I think. She Most outweighs definitely. him. But also at dinner, uh, you have the now- the kids are on board, right? Like yeah. they, they just somehow get to stay on board. Did they pay for their passage, but like they just didn't have a room of their own? I feel like when Isaac sent them to the wrong area of the ship, they kind of got stuck on the ship. <laughs> it's always like, like such a do. big deal in the past. And for this one, it just seems like no big deal that like, okay, we're going to be on this cruise. Again, if I knew it was that easy to get onto a cruise <laughs> ship without a ticket, 12-year-old me would have packed my bags and been on my way. Well, when you open the time machine that I bought you for your birthday, you're going to be very happy because you can go back and try all of these tricks. But yes, they were trying to book their own room because then they were stuck on the cruise. And of course, it's booked. Yeah, but these guys are just being a total pain to the parents. They're ruining all their fun. And it extends itself to them even putting the kibosh on them having a good dinner. We'll have the crab cocktail followed by the hearts of pumpkin. That's much too much rubbish. You know what the doctor said. We'll have the crab cocktail, spinach salad, and Chateaubriand for two. Chateaubriand? Absolutely not. Mother would be up all night. We don't want their tum-tums to be upset. I'll tell you what. Why don't you bring everything Ned ordered, plus four bottles of wine? Then if our little tum-tums get upset, 
we'll be too bombed to know it. <laughs> Although it was an oddly placed event, I was totally getting into carnival night. Why oddly? Because it was by the pool. I liked that it was by the pool. Pool's nice and kind of fun, and where else are you going to hold it? They had like the the like Acapulco Lounge, or I don't know, but maybe you're right. I just thought the pool was a little distracting. Because there's so many cannonballs going on? <laughs> yeah, it's always the floating candles, which I like. Oh, I like that too. <laughs> see, I kind of liked it in that place, but I could see what you're saying. Yeah. There's probably some other spots that are better, but I love the idea that there's like a, a carnival night on the ship, you I know? I agree, right off the bat, first night. I love the love boat so much. <laughs> I loved it now, and I would have loved it as a kid for sure. You know, because they had the balloon popping thing. Minnie Pearl's all excited because she popped a balloon. <laughs> they had games and stuffed animals you can win. And then I love the idea of like palm reading and Me stuff too. like that. Or like a crystal ball reading, any of that stuff. I I've never done that in my life, but I like the idea of it. And now the captain's wandering around again. Quality control, making sure all of the games are fun. But he seems a little pensive. He seems like he's got something on his mind. Michelle, do you think he intended on going to get his palm read or it just was, oh, here's the palm reading. Maybe I should step in. No, I think he intended it because I think he's he's intrigued by her. Yeah, she's been coquettish. She's been flirty yeah. with him. So I think it was a good way for him to kind of get to know her a little bit better. And I love this, him stepping into the whole little tent oh, area. Know. Oh, it's great. And I like when she was reading his palm and then she pulled out that giant hand chart. Sit down. You look a little nervous. <sighs> really not sure why I came. Hmm, I am. Give me your hand. What for? Do you know another way to read palms? Oh. <laughs> right. Well, let's see now. This is your love line. No, this is, this is your lifeline. This is your love line. Oh, no, wait a minute. Is that right? Wait a sec. Sometimes I don't know which line is which. So I look at this little chart. Even Julia Child has a cookery book. Uh, it's a phony way to do business. But I'm just a beginner. But you build false hopes. Just because I show people how to find love. Listen. If a pirate shows you where the buried treasure is and you don't dig for it is that the pirate's fault i don't understand that at all <laughs> neither do i but it sounded good come on let's start again <laughs> oh you're divorced that's right how did you know that julie told me <laughs> Unfortunately, palm reading doesn't go as well as uh, we had all hoped it would for the two. No, the captain was not impressed. He was bummed out. <laughs> he, just, he got upset and he left. But she was basically just showing that she was a complete hack. I, I mean, know. She she, it was, I kind of liked it, but it was kind of funny that she was just blowing up her own spot by like showing that she didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just felt foolish then because he was kind of for a second wanted to believe her. And then yeah. she proved to be what he thought she was from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> With her giant hand. Michelle, what's your favorite? alcoholic beverage champagne <laughs> well guess what you got a lot in common with rowena and francis <laughs> well Minnie pearl and 
Arthur Godfrey were very smart to keep the bubbly flowing. Yes. Got their kids a little tipsy. Well, yeah, because they are trying to plan their escape now. Mm-hmm. Because these dumb kids are on the on the cruise. And they are getting tipsy for sure. What's a stepson? I don't have a stepson. I don't even have a son. Which I say, this is a shabby. Because I don't have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a darn shame when you stop to think of it. <laughs> darn shame. You make a wonderful husband and father. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Let me do that. <laughs> it's open. You're welcome. <laughs> Initially, Gopher's plan to kind of jumpstart his neighbor into mingling, meeting people. Uh, it goes okay initially, but it kind of backfires quickly mm-hmm. because Sylvia is expectantly walking around looking for her secret admirer and starts to realize, I think, I think she was thinking that it was not happening. She was bummed out mm-hmm. that, that this person wasn't showing up. But then they did something really cool on on the ship but she also was amazing i thought michelle because like i when she was feeling sad i felt really bad for me her. too like she is just so sweet and she just like i said she's perfectly cast in this role i mean her voice is so cute and she just to see her hurt is terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> it really was painful for me uh but then they did something really cool where she goes back to her room and what's waiting for her michelle Dozens and dozens of roses. Yeah, the whole room. And I have a photo of this because I liked it so much. I know they were fake, you guys. <laughs> Where it, did they have that many roses on a cruise ship? Yeah, I have no somebody idea. somebody to purchase Don't ask those questions, Michelle. <laughs> Stop. They have an incredible greenhouse in, on the love boat where they are growing every kind of flower you can imagine just in case someone wants to dazzle a shy, sensitive next door neighbor. I'll bet these roses were sent to the wrong table. I'm sure they weren't. You'll probably find each other tomorrow. And even if you don't, there are still a lot of other guys on the ship. Right. Why limit yourself? Thanks. But you don't have to try and cheer me up. Some people just aren't cut out for romance. Even on a cruise ship. Because she walks into her room and it is just jam-packed from floor to ceiling uh, with roses. And it kind of is an amazing amazing visual. And I thought it was really kind of sweet because she was so happy. The thing I found weird, yeah. she was so excited about these roses and so happy to tell everybody, why didn't they believe her? Why did they accuse her of making it up? 
Well, because like you said, it's implausible of how many, you know, roses (laughs) that were in there. And because Gopher did the first thing. So they're just thinking like, there is no other guy. I was the person who left that for you. All they had to do is walk into her room and see them. They're too busy. (laughs) Doc's cruising women at the carnival night. I mean, he doesn't have time to go look at somebody's room. Speaking of cruising at the carnival night. (laughs) Yes. I think it's over, right? And the captain is walking around. Yeah. And Murph shows up with her pajamas and blanket. Well, the thing is, like, the captain's kind of sad. You know what I mean? He's just, he's feeling kind of down. Yeah. He's just kind of, like, kicking around the ship, I think. And then he bumps into Murph, who has decided to what? (laughs) Sleep out on the deck. Yeah. Right by the pool. Yeah, she's got a blanket and she's going to sleep on one of those chairs. I mean, I get it. That's a cool thing to see the stars and everything. I'm not sure I'd come out in my pajamas, though, for that. No, because the composite creeper might be walking around. Next thing you know, he's on top of you. That's not fun. That's not romantic. With a rose in his mouth. Yeah, it's horrifying. Maybe Billy Crystal's still on board and he comes swinging in with a mask on. Both of those little guys. It's true, little creepers. Although Murph could probably take both of them. I think she could. (laughs) But he sees her and at first he's he's upset because he's like, you can't sleep here. And what happens is the beginning of a relationship is about to bloom. I was very hard on you earlier tonight, and, well, I guess I was expecting something. You were expecting me to promise you romance, and then to make the promise come true. It was silly of me. You never said you could do that. I never said I couldn't, either. with you, Meryl Stooping, is underneath that starched white personality is this sloppy old romantic that's fighting to get out. Or to make it worse, there's this rather attractive, dizzy girl who spent the better part of today trying to get you to notice her. And if that weren't enough, here you are, sitting alone with her under the dreamy starlit sky. You're in trouble, pal. Because you probably had the same feelings, only you wouldn't admit it. You see, that's the key difference in our lifestyles, Captain. I think I'm starting to believe that you can predict the future. Well, I certainly know what's going to happen in the next two seconds. Romance is happening between these two. And this is amazing because we always have been saying we're rooting for the captain. Mm-hmm. We, I love that he can be the comedic foil and that things can kind of go wrong for him because he is like stuffy. And it's fun when that type of a character is the one that's sort of like the butt of the joke. But we love the captain. And it is nice to see some romance actually happening. And it is kind of a sweet moment. Where like, Although it's weird because there's no way on earth he would go to sleep on like the the deck. You know what I mean? No, and a, a captain really wouldn't fall asleep <laughs> no. out in public on the deck with holding hands with a woman. But they passenger. do. They do. <laughs> and then after this happens, he's woken up by Isaac at 530 in the morning. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like, oh, I've overslept. I'm like, oh, man, I could never work on a cruise ship. If you gotta... <laughs> now I could because I get up early. <laughs> You're perfect for it. <laughs> 
And it's like he wakes him up. He's like, I've overslept. And then it's kind of a sweet moment, too, because Murph is waiting there with a lovely breakfast. And the captain is just so happy. Sir. Captain. Sir. Uh, what time is it? 5.30, sir, a.m. Oh. You'll be needed on the bridge in 25 minutes. We're coming into Puerto Vallarta. I overslept. I won't have time for breakfast. Breakfast is ready. Hmm? Fresh papaya, brioche with marmalade, crisp bacon, scrambled eggs, and coffee. That'll be all, Isaac. Yes, sir. Good morning. During this time, too, though, uh, uh, Minnie Pearl and Arthur Godfrey are, are planning their uh, sneak away to Mexico to get married, right? Yeah, they're really slow in getting their act together. They're like, let's pack. And these kids pass out from booze. And all I know is anytime I had ever had anything to drink and I passed out, I did not wake up for quite some time. Right. So it took these guys forever. Maybe she didn't have to put on fancy hats all the time. I liked how the hat like incorporated her like beehive, her mini beehive. <laughs> <laughs> so these two old fogies can't get packed like within like hours, and they're still trying to sneak off the boat, and then they get nabbed, right? Mm-hmm. But before they do, they're both talking smack about each other's kids. <laughs> right, it's all it's all making a turn for the worse. Bride should have a bouquet. Oh, <laughs> Looks like we gave the kids the slip. What do you think they'll do when they find out? Well, if it's left up to Francis, not much. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, he's not what you call a man of action. He's he's sort of a wimp. <laughs> Molly, you're talking about my flesh and blood. Well, while you were at it, you should have thrown in some backbone. <laughs> People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw backbone. <laughs> well, look what you raise. A finicky, dried-up daughter. She is sweet and kind. Everybody says she's a saint. Saint Broom. Intimating <laughs> that I'm not much of a parent? Well, it seems that's what you're saying to me. I'm not saying anything to you. Not anymore. Dad, thank goodness. Mother, are you okay? You were right. I was crazy to think about running away with this, this oh, ticket flowers. <laughs> Dad, what did I tell you? I know. Your father's a silly old fool. No, you're not silly, and you are not a fool. I guess that just leaves old. Isaac is everywhere on this ship, doing amazing things, very yeah. subtly. I mean, he's up at 5.30 in the morning, he's at every single bar, and the guy is having positive impacts on everyone's mm-hmm. life as per usual. Maybe he's just like, he's, he's like coasting on the energy of Reggie Jackson being on last time. <laughs> Probably. And without even thinking about it, he makes the two children realize the error of their ways. Champagne, please. Yes, sir. You know, when you two first came on board, I did not think that you were the fun-loving type. Fooled you, didn't I? You sure did. You know, you're just like your folks. I mean, full of the joy of being alive. Say, where are they? I haven't seen them all day. Francis, what have we done? I don't know. But we did the wrong thing. 
Did you notice, I think at this point, Eleanor mm-hmm. Donahue, her dress was fantastic at that one point. I thought it was great. That sort of like paisley-ish, sort of like blue and reddish dress. Uh-huh. Did you notice that at all? Yes, I did. It was pretty. Yeah, but she looked good. And now they are having second thoughts about curtailing their parents' lives. And I thought this was kind of cool, though, because they had these two generations and it already was sort of like flipped upside down where the kids are sort of trying to tell the parents what to do, mm-hmm. playing the role of parents almost. But then as the parents then turn sour on one another, those two are starting to get close to one another. And that is clever love boat writing. Most definitely. It I was, like that. It was a twist that I was not expecting. Yeah, that it's kind of cool. The children start to fall in love with each other. Yeah, it's good. That was a good, hey, it's good. <laughs> Michelle, you know it's not good? What? Heartbreak. Who's heartbreak? There's a lot of heartbreak on this ship today. I'm talking Sylvia. Oh. Poor Sylvia. Sweet girl. Came on here to find love. She thought it was happening. And then they lay on her that the whole thing was a ruse. Think she's having a good time? Oh, it's better than moping around alone in your cabin. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really want to get back to my cabin. He'll be looking for me. Uh-oh. Hey, Dad, boy, I love you. Gopher, why doesn't anyone let me go back to my cabin? Michelle, Sylvia becomes so upset, and this was something that was a little jarring to me, that her acting was so authentic, or I don't know what happened, but like she literally had sad boogers coming out of her nose. (laughs) Did you notice that at all? I did not. Oh my gosh, because like I said, you guys, when I'm doing this and grabbing clips, I am literally, like my parents told me not to, don't sit so close to the TV. I am literally right on top of a television, just using my phone to grab the clips, and literally she had sort of like it was so gross <laughs> that's real tears then it really was it was like coming out of her nose and i was like why did they allow that to stay on television <laughs> and then the thing that i like the most though is anytime i've been upset in life the thing that i was kind of hoping for most was a palm reading <laughs> did you find that weird it was weird <laughs> that like murph and the captain like kind of like hitting it off and in love with one another. She swings by and thinks like, oh, I'll help this poor young thing out by offering a palm reading. <laughs> it's, it struck me as very strange. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh, you look as if you could use a palm reading. No, I don't, I don't think so. 
I already know my past. There's nothing special about my future. Oh, well, why don't you let me be the judge of that? Come on, what have you got to lose? Now, let me see. I, I see a man. I do see a man. A man with roses. Gopher told you to say that. Yeah, that didn't work out how she had intended it to work out. Just made things worse. No, but the thing is, they blow out of there. At least they're wise enough to realize, okay, we better leave this poor young thing alone. To cry alone at the rails of a ship. Yes, but the power of Romance Bow takes over, and Monroe, (laughs) that teeny tiny little stalker, finally has an opening and an opportunity to speak to Sylvia one-on-one. Monroe Mondays. Oh, I'm Sylvia Carblanca. I know. You're very popular. It's hard to find you alone. Me? Yeah. Did you like the roses? Oh, Gopher told you too. I sent them. He said he did. He's a liar. Well, maybe he sent the two little ones at dinner, but all the other ones in your cabin were from me. Really? Why didn't you tell me? Well, I'm not very good at approaching girls, especially pretty ones. Besides, you're always with that gopher guy. He's just a friend from home, like a brother. Really? Well, he seems very nice. Um, if you'd like, I think we could dance. Um, I mean, that is if you want, if you'd like. Yeah, I'd like that very much. How about here in the moonlight? Well, that would be fantastic. Oh, I mean, um... Sure. Um, I think it's only fair to tell you. I'm kind of short. You're ten feet tall. Now, what was your take on Monroe, Michelle? What would you think of this dude? I don't know. He seemed like a nice enough guy. But like you have said, and we've been saying this whole episode he's a little creepy i think he's unstable (laughs) and i think there's one thing to be shy and there's another thing to be like overly possessive and basically sort of like a lunatic and he kind (laughs) of came across that way to me (laughs) a little obsessive if he's bringing that many roses into somebody's cabin yes and also the way that he reacted like he's a liar <laughs> yeah that's true i didn't, was not expecting that anger out yeah like of real <laughs> real like sort of violent anger it turned soap opera really quick yes and so he seemed a little disturbed to me but like i, I said about that part. you did it really well yeah. it really took me by surprise and i was like oh wow this guy's a little uh a little little Unhinged. 20 pounds of dynamite <laughs> So we're hoping the best for her because she is very flattered by the whole thing. And it is so nice to see Sylvia turn from sad to happy because she's very sweet. And hopefully she is all that this guy needs to 
kind of turned normal <laughs> because he's been all alone in his weird little apartment somewhere. Oh, uh, because, Let's just hope they don't get married right away like everybody else does that's on the love boat. No, I don't think that they state that they're going to do that. They're no, just kind of happy to be together and hopefully all things work out with one another. But a far more complicated relationship, <laughs> Captain and Murph. Oh, took another turn. It was like an emotional roller coaster with these two. Yes, because... The captain, I can't remember, did he invite her to his cabin or something like that? Was that what would ha- what happened? That- she came to his cabin, I think, to talk to him. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Murph's just rolling around doing whatever she wants. And then she shows up at his cabin, and he excitedly wants to show her something that he says is going to make you happy. And I didn't quite understand that. I didn't either. He runs to his drawer. I thought he was going to get her a ring and yeah. like propose to her. But he throws a toupee <laughs> on his head. That's not what I was expecting. And yes, of course, we're going to post that on the Instagram (laughs) because he's so happy with this toupee on his head. (laughs) That's a nice head of hair. Yeah, but she doesn't like it. And that you got to give that to her. She just likes him for who he is. She Mm -hmm. finds him attractive because he is attractive. And and all seems to be going well until Murph finally lays down. What'd you call her? Free spirit. Free spirit law on him. Yeah, tie her down. It doesn't have to end, you know. He could stay on the ship for a while as the entertainment. Or uh, maybe get a job in the gift shop. I could arrange it. And we could be together. Meryl. I... I love you too. It's just that I'm... I'm better at romance than I am relationships. I don't understand. Tonight you're the most important thing in my life. But next week, well, who knows? Commitment just isn't one of my long suits. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm sorry, too. But I certainly understand your reluctance to become involved with someone who is so much more, so much more mature. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, Meryl. You are a fuddy-duddy. I love you because you're you. Is that so difficult for you to accept? It's just highly irregular. Highly irregular? Yes. I know. Well, that's it then, isn't it? You're much too staid for me and I'm much too dizzy for you, so let's call the whole thing quits before we hurt each other. Do you mean that? Well, of course I mean it. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't mean it, would I? I don't know. Look, can't we uh, reconsider this? Oh, Meryl, you are a fuddy-duddy. Goodbye. What should have happened, Michelle, is Isaac should have spoken to Murph. <laughs> because his words are magic. It's true. He didn't... He didn't get involved in that at all in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Well, no, he did the He breakfast. did at the one point, and that's yeah. when everything was going great, but you lose Isaac and you lose the magic, and then things <laughs> go very, very wrong because his words to the children had such an impact that they go to the cabin that they were all sharing together, and they, <laughs> they weirdly give their blessing to the parents <laughs> to tell them that they think it's great that they're going to start a new life in Mexico. You ready? Okay, everybody, up and at him. What is it, Rolina? Is something wrong? 
That's just it. There is nothing wrong with either one of you. Rowena and I are sick of playing nursemaid. But I don't know, but we think it's time we got a chance to live our own lives, and we won't have the money to send you back to Sunnydale Retirement Villa. We are going back to dance. If you wish to sit here and listen to your arteries heart, that's your affair. <laughs> Twerp that Francis. He's more like you than I thought. I think he's stuck on Rowena. And I can see why. I've always felt that way about her mother. Oh, <laughs> Did they say they were gonna have a double wedding? Yes, they did. You guys, we're we're to the end of the cruise, and as these guys leave the double couple at this point, mm -hmm. they do announce that they are all going to get hitched. Remember my princess special? Two blood deaths for the price of one. Oh. It's going to be a double wedding? That's right. But separate honeymoons. <laughs> he snores too loud. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. But then they grossly, did you hear when they said they grossly said not a double honeymoon? No, I did not. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Maybe I blocked it out. Yeah, good. That was good on your part. <laughs> Let's put in a big uh, cannonball splash right there because that's what they said. <laughs> and it was totally gross. But yeah, those guys are all happy. They're all going to get married. Maybe they'll all relocate to Mexico. But uh, mazel tov, everyone. Mm -hmm. And then quickly, Sylvia and her new beau, all 25 pounds of Monroe. <laughs> a lot of hair. Yeah. Makes up for that. Yes are on their way to whatever life they're going to pursue. Mm -hmm. uh, but theirs is just kind of very, very quick. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Gopher. Thanks so much for everything. You can say that again. Oh, this cruise is everything you said it would be. Have I ever lied to you? <laughs> now, Michelle, one of the things that this episode has, one of, I, I think, both of our favorites, the sad letter. I love when there's a sad letter right? or, you know, like if we can recall the way back from Jim Neighbors when he was the jewel thief, his letter explaining yeah. things. I love when there's a letter. I love when they put the big reverb on the voice so <laughs> that represents the person writing the letter. Her letter was pretty general for somebody that was, it didn't even make sense. It wasn't even necessary because she didn't really explain anything in her letter. Dear Mary, I'm sorry it had to end this way. I know I'm a coward running off like this, but saying goodbye is also not one of my long suits. I had a wonderful time. I do love you, Murphy. You know what, Michelle, I think you were right earlier where you said that he offered her the job in the, uh, what is it, the gift shop? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it was earlier in the cabin. That was his solution to everything, and actually not a bad one. No. Because he was thinking to keep her on the ship. As he's sadly wandering away after reading the letter, she shows up sitting on a trunk, I believe. <laughs> yes, much like how she arrived. She's going to hop back in that trunk and leave. She's got a lot of like a lot of pizzazz. <laughs> and, um, and then they have uh, one last conversation where she reconsiders, where she was thinking that she would want to do it. Yeah. But the captain being wise and selfless. Tells her no. Well, I certainly blew this exit, didn't I? <laughs> Here I write this touching goodbye letter and then I don't even leave. Oh, come on. 
all set to go, and then I... I started thinking about that job you mentioned in the gift shop. Or maybe I could get to like it. You'd hate it. But... Don't you know you would. I know it, too. Now... I love you, Murphy. Enough to let you go. So, you better beat it before I lose my nerve. You're the captain. Well, I'm going now. You certainly do have a heck of a long love line. Maybe... Maybe we can say goodbye better over breakfast. Yes, or lunch, or maybe even dinner. Have a week off. Well, that ought to give us time. You know, I thought it was all going good and ending good. Yeah. But the... Kiss between her and the captain. You got a problem with that kiss? It was a little too much for me to see the captain doing that. You didn't like the passionate kiss? No. Like, that was classic. It's almost like it's half of what I love, the comical passionate kiss. It was just the passionate part, so it's kind of gross. Like smashed faces. Yeah, super and- smashed. And then like the arms <laughs> moving like weirdly like on yeah. their back. I don't like to see the captain like that. Because you're jealous, you weirdo. And it's like, <laughs> that's not your style. I thought it was great because it's nice to see the captain. Because then they're going to meet, they're going to be the whole week together. That's right. That was the plan. It was like the Bernie Coppell, I'll meet you in San Francisco and we'll go to restaurants together. And it's like, <laughs> they're going to just hang out for a full week. I can't believe he's got a whole week off. That's nice. So that is nice. So he does get romance, yet they clean it up because they can't have her hanging out on the ship every single week. She's not Pinky Tuscadero. She's not that good of a character. Can't have her around all the time. Time. It's true. That's it. We're done. He's off for a fun-filled week of passionate kissing. And palm reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all's well that ends well on this fairly decent episode. Agree. Guys, did you like it? Did you dislike it? What do you think of Monroe? Do you think he's <laughs> a stable guy? Do you think that he's trustworthy? I don't know. Uh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But let's keep our eye on him, shall we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And one final note before the ship docks. I'd like to remind everybody that our GoFundMe is still up and running. Yes. Go to our Instagram account, Love in the Love Boat. Links are all there in our bio. It'll tell you exactly how to do it. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too small. And yeah, guys, to keep the show going, it means a lot. I don't want to go into grave detail of how much time goes into making the show, but we're so happy that people are listening to it and we definitely want to continue. And it's kind of what the GoFundMe is all about, not only to raise funds to keep the show going, but to gauge interest, enjoyment, all those things, correct? I agree. And and also along with that, please keep your little letters and notes and observations coming. Yeah. Because I super appreciate all those. Yeah, it's the best. Mm -hmm. We love hearing from you guys in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, through the Instagram is our main way of communicating. And uh, I guess until next time, I'm Mishvan. I'm Michelle. Captain Stubing, Captain Stubing, please come to the bridge. And we are Loving, Loving the, the Love, Love Boat. Boat.